everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Welcome back, girls. How's it going? It's going great. I am surprisingly energetic. I got up at 4.45 a.m. this morning, and it is now, I don't know, like 11? noon or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I am probably going to crash hard around <laughs> 4 or 5, but right now I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you went running, right? You yes. doing that. Wow. I generally meet a running group in Santa Monica every Saturday at 7.30 a.m., but I wasn't going to be able to drive to Santa Monica, do the run, and then drive back home and get showered and everything and make it to pick up Jen and then make it to Burbank in time. I didn't think because um, even though we meet at 7.30, we generally don't get started until 8. It was going to be a four-mile run, so that in my mind was like until 9, and then they sit around and talk. I'd have to drive all the way back home <laughs> and then take a shower, so I, I thought that it would... I wouldn't make it or I would be cutting it super close. So yeah. turned out I cut it super close <laughs> anyway. But I got in my four-mile run before 8 a.m. today. So I feel super, I feel super, super accomplished. And the funny thing is, is that since I've started running and doing my early morning Saturday runs, I feel so energetic that I'm doing things that I've been putting off because I didn't want to do them. And I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, I'm just I'd rather sit here on the couch and look at my phone and look at Facebook or watch TV or whatever. And it's actually helping me to be more active in other aspects of my life. So oh, wow. that's God. that's super encouraging. <laughs> First of all, for the listeners, she did say four miles this morning. Yes. My God. <laughs> I, I I think driving four miles and I'm like I'm already tired. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm so caught up that you got up at four forty five. Around around four is when I'm falling asleep. Oh my god! Like yeah. that's that's youth for you. <laughs> it's not even youth. That's insomnia yeah. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's really awesome, and and that is really cool that you mentioned that it helps out in other aspects of your life. I just started thinking I'm going to finish like a project because I like to do crafts and I like to do do it yourself kind of shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The other day I was cleaning um, the cupboards and some of the um, varnish came off and I was like, what if I like sand all my uh, cupboards and, (laughs) and, and, you know, drawers and then paint them and redo the kitchen and I could do it myself. And then I, I stepped back into the kitchen and I was like, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Speaking of motivation, I've been, uh, I've been writing again. Oh, that's awesome! It's been it's been a it's been a couple of years. It was it was my thing. It was it was my main thing. Even when I was in, I it was in college and everything. I was still writing, but when I hit UCLA and for the past like two three years now, I haven't really written anything. And I took some advice from Kev, um, uh, one of my coworkers, and I forgot to bring my notebook p- today. But I have been carrying my notebook around. And I'd been writing and I started off small first with poetry and I'm wow. trying to expand uh, into writing original fiction again. But for right now, it's mostly poetry and it feels good to it write again. It does feel so good. cool. Would yeah. you guys like to hear my poem? Yes. yes. <laughs> I shared it on Facebook the other day. So you probably already know it. Oh. The readers have not. So The listeners have not. Yeah. I mean, the, the listeners. The readers. The listeners. We should have a poetry corner here on the podcast. Oh, my God. The poetry corner. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> when tooties escape your booty, they are seldom ever fruity smelling. 
Bows. <laughs> Truly a master of your craft. Right? Oh my gosh. That is so cool. But yeah, no, I forgot how hard poetry is. It's like, it's it's hard. Yeah. But, uh, but as a... <laughs> surprising no one and i told kev this too but the first couple of bits of poetry that i did were about women oh uh-huh. yeah and so i was just which is funny because in the poetry that i had written before in like my when i was in high school and when i was still going to college it had mostly been <clears throat> um nature pieces because i oh. guess i was still in my transcendentalist phase or whatever <laughs> um uh but now that I guess I'm more comfortable with my sexuality and everything, I realized I was just like, well, sure, let me write about the woman that I'm seeing here on the bus and stuff. Like, one yeah. of them was really thirsty, uh, <laughs> so we're not going to share that one. Uh, but yeah, most of most of them have been about women, and I was just like, and I, I, it it showed me that I was comfortable in a pace that I hadn't been before because a lot of my fiction before didn't have my sexuality in them yeah most of them if they had any romance in it was mostly heterosexual Mm -hmm. or very platonic but now i'm i guess i'm in a place where i'm comfortable writing about women and about loving women too so that was that was really cool that's actually really awesome Mm -hmm. i love that a love that you've had for so long that Mm -hmm. you're rediscovering it but from a different kind of perspective yeah that's really cool Mm mm-hmm so. That is awesome. I feel like all like, what are you doing with your life? Oh my gosh, Sarah. <laughs> you have all of your cool art pieces and your art oh, yeah. showcases that you do. And you're always doing some kind mm. of amazing community thing uh, <laughs> that has to do with art. So don't give me that BS. You're like a, cur- you're like a curator. Yeah. Like you've done curator stuff. That's, that's impressive in itself. You're the people that people go to. <laughs> so you know what i was cleaning up my car the other day like oh my god a miracle i was gonna say <laughs> surprise surprise only the front part because i had to take it in to get the brakes done. I, was, I was still very impressed yeah. <laughs> and so i knew that other people were gonna have to get into my car and like maneuver around so i cleaned out all the front part and surprisingly none of that went into the back it all <laughs> was like trash and i took other stuff into the house but i came across and i kept it one of the original little shrinky dinks that you drew with oh, the right. si puedo girl on it in her um in the cultural mexican uh dress with the Infinity Gauntlet. That's mm-hmm. right. Yes. Know. You know what? That I was like the, <laughs> an, the OG original Comodacy Comics logo that we had. Yeah. 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 One of the many before we finally settled on Conchas. our, <laughs> on our conchas. <laughs> Right. Wow. I totally forgot about those. Yeah. I really mm. need to revisit those. Yes. Sure. And I was, when I saw it, I'm like, oh my God, I remember this. I don't know how it made it into my car because I think at one time I did have it on my keychain and the little hole wasn't broken or anything. So I was going to actually try to get it back on there but um it was I, did it even say commodity comics i don't remember I I think no i think it, it just think said so. si se puede. Yeah. Yeah, yeah i don't remember I so. it's in the car mm-hmm. so i have to check <laughs> yeah but, so anyway that's all to say that sarah you are super talented in what you do in your in artistic endeavors and you yourself have talked about getting back into that more lately. So I think that just as much um, accolades are deserving in your, your go to go your way as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks, guys. We're, we're all talented in something. Right? Yeah. That's right. We're super that's, cool. 
That's Komasi Comics After Dark. All right, guys, it's time for Chisme de la Semana. What do you have for us today? Okay, so this chisme that I have is super exciting to me, and it really just is chisme. There's no um, actual, like, facts that are out there, and Marvel hasn't come out to, um, to say, yes, this is true, or this is our plan, or whatever, but... A Marvel source, quote unquote, and it doesn't say who the source, source is. It could be the gender for all we know. <laughs> hey, they know all the cheese. <laughs> oh, you know what? Yeah, they have access to to the upper. If I was the works. janitor at Marvel, I'd be digging through all their trash, reading all the papers. <laughs> so a Marvel source claims that X-Men character Wolverine is going to join the Avengers in an in a, in a new MCU film. Wow. So um, it says that plans are reportedly, quote unquote, underway to have Wolverine fighting alongside Thor, Ant-Man, and all of the other Avengers. Um, and uh, even though it says that Avengers Endgame seemed to mark the end of that particular MCU franchise, that it doesn't look like the superhero groups are going to be hanging up their costumes anytime soon. So according to sources, Wolverine, um, will not only be introduced to the cinematic universe, but join Thor, Scarlet Witch, and company as an Avenger in Phase 5. Wow. Phase 5. Okay, so after this current Phase 4 <laughs> that they have that they announced at San Diego Comic-Con. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So in about five years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, five years, we're still going to be watching movies, so... Uh, so if it's going to be five years, I think our hopes that... I mean, Hugh Jackman always yeah. has said, you know, he was done, and um, that... Uh, there was one instance he said that he would come back for something, and I think it was that if... Was it for a Deadpool movie? Yeah, I think yeah. that if it was to wow. be a team up with Deadpool. Yeah, I think yeah, I vaguely recall something like that. Well, well he that sends he him something. a lot of little love letters with with like a little uh, what is it called uh, when when he had that uh, Hugh Jackman uh, stapled on his face. Oh yeah, one of those. They have an ongoing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> they have an ongoing thing. Uh, yeah, a little fun, little feud going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, since the Disney Fox merger um, happened, a lot of these kinds of stories have broken because it opens honestly the door to a lot of uh, characters, uh, X Men characters that are some fan favorites to be included into the MCU. So mm-hmm. we can only hope. And I mean, having a Wolverine uh, slash Avengers come movie, I think. I mean, he just brings so much to oh, to just his snarkiness and just his whole attitude and character. I, he's just one of my favorites, so I would love to see that happen. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think I I don't think they will introduce reintroduce the X Men into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think if they're going to be doing any more X Men films, it's going to be standalone mm-hmm. X Men films out of like not tied into the MCU. Yeah, because simply because it's so tricky uh, now. I mean, they have the whole like, or if they do, it's going to be like an alternate universe kind of thing, mm-hmm. like. Uh, w- Kind of what, what the whole Doctor Strange Scarlet Witch movie is going to be about them going to different realities. Right, yeah. So maybe that would be how they introduce possibly the X-Men. Um, uh, but they will 
would keep them separate. Is it going to be a movie or is it going to be a series? It's going to be a movie. Oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be a series. No. Uh, Wait, this, this the WandaVision thing? No. Um, uh, WandaVision is going to be a series. A series. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, uh, Doctor Strange 2 is oh, going to duh. be... Oh, duh. Yeah. You said Doctor Strange and all of a sudden I started thinking about Wanda and Vision. Okay. I mean, same. <laughs> That's great. I love uh, I love that relationship so much. I know, me too. Um. Uh, and most of it comes from comics love, not movie. Mm-hmm. Even though I was happy to see it in the movies, too. Yeah. Or at least hinted at. You know what? I didn't love it in the movies, but that was before I read Tom King's vision. And then once I got the background and I was more emotionally invested, I actually kind of looked a little bit deeper into what I was seeing on the screen and I appreciated it more but in the mm-hmm. beginning I didn't think they really get, did it justice mm-hmm. yeah because I mean I I feel that in a lot of people who were critiques were that it seemed very out of left field mm-hmm. because there was no establishment oh, yeah. true, yeah. to me I was just ecstatic that they put it it seemed more yeah. like an easter egg to me than right. anything yeah. and yeah. it was just like a shout out to the people in the comics uh, yeah, who, who read comics yeah. who read comics read comics people <laughs> <laughs> the, the Wanda Vision love story is so fucking good yeah and it's uh, and it's uh, how it happened in the comics is really funny too but it's just but everything that they've done with them has always been like top tier for yeah. me it's it's really good um um but yeah anyways going back to wolverine so yeah i feel like that's the most logical way that they would do it or if they would ever do the x-men yeah uh, at least that's what they would do it i'm I'm more excited because uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, they said that they were working mm-hmm. on something for the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, sorry, for the Fantastic Four. Oh, that's oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's mm-hmm. right. Whether that's comics or movies-wise, I we don't know yet. Yeah. But that's uh, that that seemed really cool. Mm-hmm. All I know is Hugh Jackman um, has some pretty big shoes to fill. Um, and it's going to be hard for me to let that little thing, that little, that little crush go, but, <laughs> um, I, I haven't been disappointed in, in, um, a lot of, um, casting in the MCU, mm-hmm. even though my initial reactions, um, before I've seen movies have been like, eh, that's not going to work, but I've always been really pleasantly surprised. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. I'm putting my faith into, um, <laughs> Marvel and, um, this new Wolverine. Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, after after Logan, it's going to be like, yeah. who's going to be yeah. who's gonna be that good again? Yeah. yeah. What if this is, it's a rumor, but what if it is X-23? Oh, my God. What? That would that be would, awesome. That would be cool. Like, yes. as soon as you said, what if, I was just like, oh, my fucking God. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, literally, they just said, uh, and it seems to be kind of the direction that they're going exactly. with. Exactly. Too. Exactly. <gasps> I would love that. Oh because all it says is Wolverine, and she, she is, is Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah. Right, exactly. Ah, she was- okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm in. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's time for ¿Qué hora es? <laughs> ¿Qué hora es? Es la hora de la cervecita. So today we have a beer that we've actually tried before, but an earlier iteration. We have the Stone Brewery Woot Stout. Woot, woot. Woot, stout. <laughs> woot Stout. And it is a special collaboration between Drew Curtis, Will Wheaton, and Greg 
Koch. Um, and it's called Farking Wheaton Woot Stout. And this is the Farking. twenty <laughs> this is the twenty nineteen um what is it? Not run brew? I don't know. What did what do they call brew? um mm. barrels? I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> Um, and every year, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that actually yeah. works. Every year since 2013, um, Will Wheaton has collaborated with Stone um, to create this yummy Woot Stout to be released during Comic-Con. And one of the first years that I went to try it, well, not to try it, I tried it when I was at Stone, they actually had a... Um, they had a beer. I don't remember what kind it was, but it was inspired by um, Kevin Eastman, and it was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle beer, what? and it was pizza flavored. Yes, no I remember. Freaking. I remember yes. you telling us this. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was gross, <laughs> <laughs> but it was so cool. <laughs> it was. It's a cool, like, cool concept. Yes, or maybe not so great execution. Yes. Um, <laughs> so anyway, this is Stone Farking Wheaton, and just a throwback to the original time we did this, which I don't remember if it was one year ago, two years ago. <laughs> oh, it's Will Wheaton, not Josh Wheaton. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I talked about the beer for like a good ten to fifteen minutes, thinking. Actually, saying Will uh, Joss Whedon instead and talking about Joss Whedon until I was like, "Wait, how did I get off?" <laughs> it's Will Wheaton. <laughs> so Will Wheaton, which isn't he the? I mean, obviously he's not a little boy anymore, but wasn't he on a Star Trek when yeah, he was a kid? Next was gen, Wesley, yeah, Wesley Crusher. Wesley, that's right. Shut Crusher. up, Wesley. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Okay, so and he's also evil Will Wheaton in uh, The Big Bang Theory. He plays himself oh, with an mm-hmm. ego. I thought it was cute. I don't think I've ever seen any of those episodes. Okay, so <laughs> the back of the bottle says it's a kick-ass amalgamation of flavors. It says, over the years, Stone Farking Wheaton Woot Stout has become one of our most anticipated annual releases. And not just because it's an astoundingly flavorful beer concocted as a collaboration between Fark's Drew Curtis, nerd royalty Will Wheaton, and Stone Brewing co-founder Greg Koch. It's the incredible label art adorning this beer over the years that has elevated to the pinnacle of beer, geekery, and beer geekery. This year's gloriously awesome artwork comes from the talented hands of comic artist Alan Davis, who has worked on some of the most iconic comic book series of all times, including Uncanny X-Men and Justice League of America. His depiction of a hero who channels our iconic gargoyle's guardian powers to battle against the evils of the world of beer is a fitting representation for this year's label and for the relentlessly intense flavor of this intergalactic imperial stout inside. Wow. So, Did you say nerd royalty? Yes. I, I can't wait till that's my intro. <laughs> <laughs> nerd royalty, Sarah. <laughs> oh uh, and it says that this stout is brewed with pecans, wheat and rye, and one quarter aged in bourbon barrels. And that all mixed mm. together makes for an astonishingly high 11.5% oh ABV. God. Oh, my God. 
Yes. It's, so, well, good I thing it's, I ate. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. So, no, here three we go. o'clock somewhere. <laughs> or is it three? I don't know. <laughs> oh, that smells, that smells great. Yeah. I could definitely smell the pecans. Mm-hmm. I smell coffee, though. I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, I think usually with stout, that's... That's usually a given. I can smell the bourbon. Mm-hmm. It looks like chocolate Ooh. in a glass. Mm. That's pretty good. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it, too. So, <clears throat> some of the tasty notes that Stone gives... Um, about this beer is uh, that there's some cocoa, coffee, and fruitiness up front. Um, Mid-palate, the bourbon barrel-aged portion of the beer is apparent, so oak, vanilla, and nut and bourbon flavors Mm -hmm. transition to a slight alcohol heat and hoppy bitter finish. As the beer warms, a nuttiness almost reminiscent of almonds starts coming through. What? This is a multifaceted beer. (laughs) Mm. So it even gives you the taste that are going to come out when it gets warmer. Yeah. uh Mm -hmm. Because right now it's it's cold. Yes. It's very cold. Yeah. So when it gets room temperature i guess it'll ch- the some of the flavors will come out yeah but i love it i love it I, you know i love the barrel aged stuff barrel mm. aged 100 percent. i'm all about i did not start appreciating stouts or porters until we started drinking them for our review here on the podcast i was a 100 percent um wheat and ipa girl mm-hmm. and really stayed away from the stouts and porters because I am not a coffee drinker. And that is the number one flavor that would come out on my palate when I would drink them. And it would, to me, I'm like, I'm just, I feel like I'm just drinking cold brew coffee. (laughs) And I do not like, when you see me drinking coffee, you know, I've had a hard night and that I'm like super dragging because I'm not a coffee drinker. Wow. And so I, um, just it wasn't my preference, but I'm really learning to appreciate them and to like them. Mm-hmm. And I and that actually surprises me a lot. But this is really, really good. It is sensational. I love that it's cold. I think um, I like this one cold. Um, I can't wait to taste it room temperature too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm really liking the the sour. It's not really harsh um, in the aftertaste. Um, but I, I love the smell. I love the color i love the taste it's it's mm. uh really impressive and yes i could see why people wait for this every year yeah so we i i was at an off-site event that eddie went to that happened to be a local comic book shop i don't remember the name of it but they have a um they have kind of like a indie comic-con during comic-con oh, wow. and so eddie had a table there and um, it was literally steps away from a stone site there in San Diego. So yeah. I just walked over. It's actually called the barracks. It's, oh, uh, wow. it's the, it is an old um, military barracks uh, site that is now like an outdoor shopping location. And Stone has um, a spot there. And it's an actually really nice uh, brewery and patio and like really nice um, events happening there. And there's like a, a park where kids were coming and playing and stuff. Um, but I was like, oh, my God, I, I remember they had this uh, this beer because I'd been getting um 
I'd been getting on my Facebook reminders. Oh, wow. And they actually have a special event every year where they release it and they have oh. the artist and they oh, have wow. everyone there nice. and you buy tickets and there's food oh. and it's all included. I think <clears throat> it was like, uh, I don't know, an $80 ticket or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you get, um, you get a bottle, you get tasters of other beers, you get food. And then also you get like a package of like some other like swag stuff from stone. Wow. So, I mean, to me it was worth it, but, uh, we just weren't able to go cause we had something else that was happening at the same time as um. the event, but they have it every year. So if you are ever at San Diego comic con and you want to find something offsite to do stone generally, um, does it. I think it was the Friday of Comic-Con. Okay. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I didn't even know they had a tasting room in San Diego. I know they have one in what, Escondido, the tap room, the, what's yes. it called, uh-huh. uh, the bistro? Yes, that one is nice. It's beautiful. That, it's, yes. And every year I want to stop by, but every year Comic-Con just, just <laughs> slaps me against the wall yeah. and I feel like crap. Well, I actually knew ahead of time that we were going to be there in the same spot that this stone um, brewery tasting room was going to be. So I had intended to go with Eddie and day drink all day long. (laughs) (laughs) But what had Uh, happened was (laughs) the night before we went to a Skybound event where they they were giving away free Walking Dead whiskey. Wow. And and I had my fill of Walking Dead whiskey. And <laughs> the I next day, I was not about... Day drinking? Yes, day drinking. So I, I feel really bad about wasting that opportunity, but oh my God. You know, instead of what I did, I spent the most money I did at the entire Comic-Con at this little um, tea place that was there. <laughs> oh, and I went in nice. and I did some tea tasting and I bought some different little teas and an infuser and stuff. And I spent... <laughs> $68 on tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, uh, I saw your post. They were great. I was like, why am I not there? Oh, it's Friday. I had to work. That's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Womp, womp. Well, next year. I don't For know sure. if they're going to invite me back. First of all, I'm not going to ask. So do not drop my name. But um, because we all were invited, but I was the only one that was able to go. Imagine, oh my gosh, if we were all there. Oh, oh my God. Um, But. Next year. Yeah. <laughs> so so next year you can make up for it. Do you know it. how many bottles of tequila I can fit in my purse? Well, I found out it was five. <laughs> <laughs> well, not tequila, whiskey. Uh, whiskey. Um, yeah. But it was an awesome night. That night, actually, um, I got to hang out with Matt Hawkins. I know. I got to hang out with um, John. I don't remember his last name, but the writer of Chew. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I love that. And uh, got to hang out with the writer and artist of La Voz de Mayo, Tata Rambo. Right. I, <laughs> I saw that picture and I'm like, I, I need to be in that picture. Can I, Can you guys just, you know, like Photoshop, it, Photoshop me in? <laughs> and they're like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm working. Yeah. <laughs> so it was free food. It was free drinks. And there were zombies walking around. It was really cool. I'm so jealous <laughs> as I drink my beer. And actually, it's a little bit room temperature, so I do, I do taste the nuts. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, are you ready to rate? Yes. Yes. I I know I consecutively I am the one that rates it higher, but honestly, this is definitely a 5 for me. So, our rating system it's is a, a um yes, it's a 1 to 5 rating system where uh one is flaccid, second is initial, <laughs> Uh, three is partial, four is full, and five is rigid. And then if it's uh, a beer that we absolutely are crazy about, it's a super saiyan. It's a six out of five. So I'm going to go yeah. rigid on this one. Okay. For sure. Yeah. I, I love coffee. Mm-hmm. So this one just does it for me. This this, this, tick, this tickles my fancy on so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> I also like nuts. <laughs> these nuts. <laughs> I had to stop myself from saying these nuts when you said it earlier. <laughs> Oh my god. All right, so Jan, how about you? I really enjoyed it as well. I really I once you said cocoa, I could taste it and I could taste the coffee and I like the bitterness uh towards the end because it reminds me of just straight up dark coffee yeah. and yes. how I used to how I used to drink that. Can't do that anymore. It gives me anxiety. Um, um, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. And I had a little bit towards the end when it was perfectly room temp. And you definitely get a very nutty flavor mm-hmm. from it. Uh, so I enjoyed it a lot. And I'm going to go with Sarah. And I'm going to give it a rigid. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So I'm trying to block out all the coffee <laughs> flavor in my mouth. Um, and the the cocoa for sure. Like... I don't know if you ever as a kid or even as an adult thought it was a good idea to put a spoonful of cooking, baking um, cocoa into your mouth because you thought it was going to be like oh my God. Hershey Quick. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I've done the Hershey Quick one. I've yeah, done yeah. the cocoa one. Oh, wow. Well, as a kid, I did it. And it was not the same, FYI. But that flavor, the actual co- cocoa like ground baking cocoa flavor i taste that and it's really i'm not a chocolate person either I, there's probably people out there li- listening and there's like what's wrong with this woman right <laughs> but, <laughs> but i like it here yes and the nuttiness and everything i uh, i'm i'm getting there i'm learning <laughs> i'm trying but i'm gonna give it um a four a full just because still there's like the I'm, stuff, I'm, yeah, yeah i'm still trying to get over that little hump but it's really good and I definitely would drink this again. That's like, fair. I think I could drink the whole bottle and then be totally wasted because it's an 11. No, for sure. 11.5? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is a beer that I would have to share. Mm-hmm. So, well, have to, going to, two yeah. different things. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah, that is perfectly. I would most likely finish the freaking bottle on my own. Uh, okay, so... Especially since there's particular tastes that come in as a, a warmer beer, I think this is great. You could actually drink this by yourself, and you could take your time. I find that interesting yeah. how the 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 it evolves. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's like a mood ring. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Them, a mood ring of beers. That's funny. <laughs> and now it's time for our book review. And what are we reviewing today? So today we are reviewing Antihero. Uh, 113 and we actually have the first well two issues and a pr- and a and prelude uh, yeah. yes. Yes, yes a zero a, a zero yes. i like that uh, uh, that's uh first time i see a zero so i'm kind of excited marvel does it all the freaking time really oh, oh yes. my god DC. see the and thing DC. Really? oh does dc yeah. do it too the okay. thing is my dc and my marvel consumption is on a a, a trade paperback basis so well <laughs> yeah. actually that's just what reminded me because um 
I just ordered a Spider Gwen Zero the other day. (laughs) And I was like, why is this a thing? Why can't they just start at one? Like, if I didn't know that there was a zero, I would just never order it again because no one thinks about ordering a zero. zero, Right. Yeah. Zero copy. Negative one. (laughs) (laughs) So that's just the series before it. I was going to ask you, actually, before we started recording, Sarah, um, we have our Antihero 113 here, uh, re- our reading copies, but we got PDFs from them. Yes. Were the PDFs in color? Yes. Okay. Yes. Most definitely. Uh, okay. Yes. okay. So, um, uh, Antihero 113 is written by Ray Zepeda Jr., and... Uh, the three different issues that we have are all have different artists. Yeah, I was really oh, shocked. About okay, that. I didn't even notice because that. When, yeah, well, I'll let you before I start talking about that. But go ahead and give us kind of a synopsis. And I like this because there is an intro to the story right before yes, we start reading. There it. is. And well, I really appreciate that too. Yeah. I, well, I wanted to talk a little bit about before we talked about the book, um, the actual publishing company that uh, mm-hmm. raised. Sapera Jr. I feel like he's like a, a pinup uh, model <laughs> from the 1980s. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Just with that, that name. name. Dude, with that name, I thought of him as a Mario Almada movie kind of guy. I don't know what Mario Mario Almada... Almada. Oh, you guys, that's like Chuck Norris, but in in the Mexicans. Like kind of cinema. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Well, (laughs) there was a... What? Zapata Jr.? Was, wasn't there... um, I don't don't know what he did or what he... But that reminds me of that. Mm -hmm. And then also... um, Who's the dude who used to be on Chips... Oh, yes. Um, God, uh, Eric Estrada. Yes, Eric Estrada. So uh, anyway, <laughs> for you, for you. He uh, was in uh, Dos Mujeres Un Camino, which is a, uh, a, a telenovela. I mean, he doesn't speak Spanish, right? right? He, spoke, he just he just memorized his lines. I guess. Yeah, because yeah, it was like really broken Spanish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found that very interesting. Me too. Same with Selena. Right? She didn't speak Spanish. Spanish, Right, but she's saying in Spanish. Mm -hmm. So crazy. Anyway, continue. (laughs) So anyway, um, these anti-hero books, anti-hero 113, are published by Tragic Hero Comics. And um, the Tragic Hero universe is an independent labor of love and work in progress that stemmed from a love of comics at an early age and many distractions from unproductive school days. Since then, (laughs) Ray Cepeda has been working tirelessly to bring his comic verse to life with the help of Ryan Scales from Iron Lion Studios and Alexis Villanueva from House of Doodle. Their focus is to bring a new spin to superheroes, antiheroes, and villains to a broader audience and a new generation of comic book lovers. Now, thanks to the support of amazing friends and family, because I believe this was kickstarted, Tragic Hero Comics is up and running and ready to show the world what they are made of. So, um, I think this is like one of their first... um, Offerings to the world, anti-hero, mm-hmm. one thirteen, and the story mm-hmm. is about a secret society known as the Department of Advanced Research and Knowledge, better known as Dark. <laughs> so, and um, they are attempting to create 
the perfect soldier. Where have we heard that before? <laughs> um, right. But they're doing it by secretly testing on the youth of America. Years later, the project is suddenly shut down without so much as a word, and every test subject is subsequently tracked down and terminated. Or so they thought. As it turns out, 113, which I was wondering, like, it's so weird, Antihero 113, where is this 113? Well, here we go. <laughs> As it turns out, 113 of the original test subjects managed to slip through the cracks because they had failed to yield positive results from the testing done to them as children. Not only did they survive Dark's massacre, but they managed to stay hidden for years until something put them back on Dark's radar. So in these books, you find out how it all goes down. And um, I think that is a good enough intro. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I want to start off by saying that one my favorite issue, which you guys have uh, um, frequently stated, the first two issues have to grab you yeah. in order for mm-hmm. you to continue. Yeah. I was I was on board from issue zero. Yeah. It yeah. was just yeah. so good. It was very well done. Yeah, yes. I liked it a lot uh-huh. too. I love the way they the the writing is done. It was really great. Um, the art I really loved in issue one. Um, I it was really intriguing and sort of like. I mean, I don't want to spoil it because it's so good. I really <laughs> want you guys to go out there and get this book. I have a question. Did you read it black and white or color? I read it color. Okay, because yeah, I read it off. Uh, I liked the it so much mm-hmm. that I actually. Sometimes it doesn't bother me to read yeah. it in black and white. No, I'm going to take that back. That's a lie. <laughs> it always bothers me to read it in black and white. But sometimes the story isn't good enough for me to care. Right, mm-hmm. right. But this one, I want to go back and specifically look at the color um, at the color ones that we have and read it again. Because in comic books, the art and the color and just the, the way that the illustrator uses the background and everything just does so much to propel the story and to tell the story that I didn't want to miss anything. So I actually wanted to go back and read it again in color. Mm-hmm. I think you should. It's really good. I do believe it. And it's funny because I'm going to be real. Um, uh, when I first looked at the cover art for these, oh, God, yes. I was not I was not I wasn't a, I was yeah. not on board. I was like, I was, I was very underwhelmed yeah. yes. by the cover. And uh, look, the the saying, don't judge a book by its cover, can apply to people, but it should 100% <laughs> still it, apply it, to books. Book. Because <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you, I'm 100% judging a book by its yeah, cover. Yes, right. That's how we got, that's how I got into Twilight the first time around. <laughs> I was just like, oh, it can't be that bad. <laughs> Wrong. So, um, um, but in I guess in this case, it it's do, a, it does apply, yeah, right. Um, uh, because uh, the artwork inside issue number zero. Okay, uh, I really like the artwork inside issue mm-hmm. number zero. I was not as fond of it in the other issues because they were just so different. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I liked. I liked chapter zero a lot. Yeah. And I thought that's how the rest of the artwork that we're going to yes. get. Yeah. Yes. But after I was just like, okay, I think that once I looked at it and I was just like, oh, there's a different artist, uh, each issue. Right. I was just like, okay, I can, I can get used to it. Um, uh, but I still enjoyed it because the storytelling is yes. very yes. good. Yes. And look, I can forgive a lot in a book and yes. in, a, in a comic book too. Um, um, if the writing is good, right? Yes. Uh, yes. How, that's how I kept reading, reading She-Hulk after, especially yeah. after, 
that those are yes <laughs> those disastrous like it wasn't like the original artwork wasn't that bad it was just very kind of simplified kind yeah. of anime yeah and i was just like okay i don't mind this but there was like a brief two to three issues where the artwork looked like someone yes. just threw up on it i agree uh, and the same thing when they changed i don't know if it was i don't think it was artist i just think it was co- the colorist oh yeah in not in she hulk but in squirrel girl and it was yeah. so jarring to me i was like okay her roommate is a black woman and her coloring was so like inhuman <laughs> that i was like it, it like is took me out of i don't think so <laughs> but it took me out of the story every time she would pop up first of all i read the whole first new issue with the new colorist and everything and i was like who's this person right? it took me a long time to figure out it was her freaking roommate who'd been part of the story the, the whole, whole entire time yeah. yeah so yeah. anyway no and just I, to I, your point <laughs> i know i agree yeah. with you on that and that note and i that was one of my pet peeves of this i love the story i love the comic the i don't like the font in the first issue zero and um I don't like the font. It just, I, it didn't grab me. And font can be very, you know, a lot of people like take their time to find out what kind of font describes them. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's a big deal now because there's so many different ones. But uh, I feel that years of, of, of reading Sandman has prepared me for something like this. Because yeah. in Sandman, I mean, one of my friends described it as, I cannot continue the story if it keeps raping my eyes. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, but the story's so good. I oh pushed, I pushed past yeah. all the all the different artists right. that came into yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and you know, in in that sense, judging a book by its cover. I mean, the cover was a. Uh, Dave McKeon so that was always amazing yeah. yeah but then you go into it and you're like what the fuck who what did they change the artist again yeah god, yeah god it's, damn it. a, a, it's very frustrating yes it is mm-hmm. yeah and so like I felt this took me a little uh, for instance uh, when I went to the se- uh, first and the second issue it did take me a moment to say oh this is that person Mm -hmm. they just Mm -hmm. it's a it's just a different drawing or a different representation of the same character that i've already read about in issue zero or issue one Mm -hmm. um so yes i but it did take me a moment of adjustment yeah because i'm like who is this oh that's right this is who this is okay yeah because jessica's look uh jessica is one of the characters and she uh she's kind of like uh the main character in issue one but she has a power and that's she can manifest wings yeah um uh, yeah and um uh, and uh at first her look was very uh she, she looked like a young latina mm-hmm. yeah, uh, like a young latina yeah, woman yeah but then by issue three she looked completely different i thought she was, was a just, redhead by issue three uh, yeah <laughs> i was like is she ginger what she like what's going on <laughs> here? what's going on <laughs> yeah and um, uh, but the story is very very good yeah. it's a it's a fusion of x-men meets yeah. uh Stranger Things uh-huh. yes. with the whole child experimentation yes, going yes, on and yes. everything. So like these kids weren't born with like the right. X Men, but it's like it's very it's very kind of almost Legion slash the Gifted. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Um, uh, mm-hmm. With along with like a mix of Stranger Things, it's a group of young kids uh, trying to run away, and they they um, they've uh, escaped facilities. Yeah, and... they escaped the facility. Okay, so the issue opens up with the fact it's um issue um uh, chapter zero um. um gives us the back history of mm-hmm. uh, what not only where issues one and two take place, uh, they take place five years after issue number zero. Mm-hmm. Um, um, 
but it's uh, something happens. There's this young man, and yes. he says that he's sick, and he goes to a CDC center. Do CDC centers exist? I thought there was just one big CDC. I'm I not sure. I thought I felt that it was more like a hospital. Well, it said CDC, so I was just like, I don't think you know how the CDC works. <laughs> uh, was, uh, I don't know. I, I know, don't know that I see in all the post-apocalyptic stories that I've ever read about True. or watched on TV or film. There's always a CDC center, CDC center yeah. that they're they're like journeying to because, of course, they believe that that's where all of the answers are. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, I particularly really like the. Um, the story development within the CDC, which I felt was mm-hmm. like more of a hospital kind of yeah, I aspect. think th- I think that's what they wanted to do was not say CDC it was like more like an urgent care center, oh, or right, like right, that. right, um, uh, or like one of those like or like a very overworked hospital, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh, in the hood or whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's what I got. I didn't think of it as a CDC. CDC oh yeah, okay. Yeah. So I see what you're saying. Yes. 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 So CDC centers do exist, but they're not hospitals. Right. Yeah. That's right. okay. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I was just. So like I don't think this is a CDC. I think this is uh, a hospital. Of hospital. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and so, but they got the hospital treatment right. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like I actually feel like I'm guilty of being like that yeah. towards patients, where yeah. they're like, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, I want to see a doctor now, and I'm like, please have a seat. I'll get to you when I can. Yeah. It's, you know? it's a two, it's a two for two thing because there's just so many people, right? And some of them are very serious, yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of, and but some of them aren't. These people just think they're like, oh my god, I'm in so much pain, and it turns out it's nothing, right? right. Life threatening, right. yeah. And if it's not life threatening, it's like it's not that big big of a deal yeah there's like more serious people but at the same time there are people who are genuinely you can't see them physically hurt but they're genuinely hurt right, like right. they might have an internal wound or they might yeah. be really sick or something like that uh and yeah. so you have you have to have compassion for those people too right. but the way that the hospitals are done now does not give enough time or yeah. space or uh, even care for thought for many of these people mm-hmm. who are right. genuinely ill and pass away in waiting rooms yeah like that's a thing that's a that is an actual statistic Mm -hmm. um um, because some of them they're told to wait and they wait and they suffer in silence and then they fucking die yeah yeah or not Um, only that they're like i love the fact it's like fill this these forms out fill mm -hmm. these forms out like i'm not gonna even give you Mm -hmm. the time of day until you fill these forms out yeah yeah and like yeah like the like that's that's harsh but also at the same time you need this information right from these people and I mean, you need something if something happens mm-hmm. we need to know who to contact yeah you you we need an contact. emergency contact it's 2019 scan my eyeball <laughs> <laughs> we have the technology <laughs> time to use it but yeah this is how it opens and then and, but it's really well written uh-huh. i loved it and then and then the young man uh proceeds to uh, he proceeds to be ignored and then he gets belligerent. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's uh, wh- how it turns out. It's very justified. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's saying, I'm sick and I I, other help. people are in danger right. yes. because of my sickness. Yeah. Right. And he gets ignored. And in, once he gets belligerent, they call in security to take him out mm-hmm. or to try to calm him but down. But at this and point, then, th- the situation is escalated because now mm-hmm. he's feeling threatened. Right. Uh-huh. Now he's feeling threatened. And when he feels threatened, he has 
this power, this power this right? episode yeah that, well, i'm not sure whether he knows how to control mm-hmm. or not or that he feels the fact that it's too out of control or mm-hmm. just out of his control mm-hmm. because there is some degree of control mm-hmm. uh for that we see it but his power in specific is that he can petrify people mm-hmm. and um uh, like medusa status right, like right. turn them into stone yes and because he gets punched and he gets knocked around, he loses control of it, and everybody in that hospital mm-hmm. is yes. petrified yes. within his sight. Yes. Uh, is from what I'm saying. Everybody yes. within his sight is yes. petrified, mm-hmm. and then of course, like cops swarm the place yeah. and the artwork, and then and he keeps telling them, yeah. "You're in danger. Yeah, yeah. go he, away. Yeah." Uh, but then they don't, and then he petrifies all, all the cops, mm-hmm. all the cops that are there before he. Uh, uh, I guess he then he kind of kills himself. Yeah, right. yeah, right. Uh, and Which then is really sad. It yeah, is, it was. It made me very right. sad when I was reading it. Yeah, uh, but it was written really, really it well. Was yeah. it was so a, good. It was. It was a bit gruesome. Yeah, as well. But I so love that. there's a, a mild warning right there as well. Is like if you don't really like seeing that because like that was like it was drawn very well. Yeah, yes, but it was yeah. also very gruesome. Yeah, yes. uh, as well. Very, and very dark. Very dark. Yeah, very and very kind of true to like a, a, a thing with comics is that sometimes they do overdo it mm-hmm. with the blood and the guts and everything uh, this one was not it was like if they he like seen videos and tragically there are videos of stuff like this that yeah. happens mm-hmm. uh, or like at least you see like people shooting watermelons and being like, yes. examples of yeah. like this is how your head would explode <laughs> right, if you yeah. shot a gun through it <laughs> um, um but it was drawn very well, and then uh, like the the media afterwards and everything, it was very was very realistic and kind mm-hmm. of true to form of stuff that would happen like that. Um, uh, it's very funny though because it's kind of a product of its time, mm-hmm. uh, and yet not at the same time. Because I could see some situations like this being like that, but at the same time, I could see a counter protest. Yeah, being done yeah. to this. Yeah. Whereas before, when it seems this was written, mm-hmm. I could see people like rallying just a single cry behind it. Now I can see people being like. You don't know who these people are, blah blah blah, and like, like, and it, it, it would still be true mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's a uh, and the the, the shadow, the Obama draw me drawing. Yeah, oh, yeah. I yeah. saw that. Oh, yeah. I miss so, you. <laughs> <laughs> he's still here. <laughs> so it uh, it was it was very well done. There was a bit. I had some issues with some of the paneling of it. Yeah, I was or, wondering what it was like in like real issue setting because we mm-hmm. are just looking at copies um, of a PDF that was sent to us but there was as you're reading it you're going along and flipping it like a regular book but then the next page you go and it's like it's it's, it's a turned page. yeah, yeah. it's uh-huh. a splash page but it's turned yeah right right and so i was wondering was that just the way we printed it or is that the way that she uh, or that they intended it or so i don't know but it was kind of like weird <laughs> it was a little jarring to have to yeah. keep moving it yeah. around and like if if we had it if that's how it came in the pdf well how the hell am i supposed to read yeah. that like, <laughs> am, I, am i supposed to turn my freaking entire screen yeah um, actually screen? when when i read it on the pdf it turned the screen for me okay so oh. it was it was cool so mm-hmm. i'm thinking that that's how it was intended and just because the way that we printed it out that's what it looked like mm-hmm. um but i'm i also am curious to know how they would print that out in a hard copy like what it would actually look like mm-hmm. no de- most definitely yeah. i think it uh well in the pdf i can't look at two different pages as a splash page i can't do that uh, so it's individually so i think it turns it and then it it just makes a splash page individual pages 
Okay. Because I di- I wasn't a, I, I didn't have to turn right. any pages okay. and I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't see any splash pages mm-hmm. either because I read it PDF and it was like individual pages and I actually um, what I did is I zoomed in so I could read it without my glasses because sometimes there's a glare on my glasses I have a condition and mm-hmm. <laughs> too much information okay. but um, <laughs> um, I greatly enjoy I, I I hardly enjoy PDFs because I I love to hold a book yeah but in this Mm -hmm. case i was super impressed with the artwork with the storytelling it flowed well Mm -hmm. i loved it yeah and i don't know what i okay i i hadn't been expecting that about how good how well it was written yeah i know it's like we got it especially i'm sorry to say but especially because of the cover art Mm-hmm. I wasn't I thought it was going to be kind of like a, a a gangster kind of like story kind of thing the the font the the cover art mm-hmm. I wasn't really expecting that issue 1 with uh, uh the girl with the wings mm-hmm. I I felt like is this a totally different story because I was like it doesn't match up with the first zero issue uh mm-hmm. issue 0 so um but i was pleasantly surprised yeah i was super i still enjoyed it i don't think there was i i think it flowed very well from issue zero to issue one mm-hmm. because it's supposed to be a prelude yeah and so it's, it's just giving us a backstory right about where issue one is taking yeah. off from and it's taking uh five years from this so uh in result from chapter zero an organization has been formed kind of like the uh like a subsection of the fbi mm-hmm. or kind of mm-hmm. a part of the fbi i guess you could call it like ice Yes, the right, ICE yeah, the FBI right. or oh, whatever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh-huh. yes, it's and relevant. They, yeah, and they're called HIT. Yeah, H I T. And I forget what HIT stands for, but uh, they are made to hunt. Uh, the government has made them to hunt down these hybrids. These, they're yes. calling them hybrids. Mm-hmm. Um, um, these hybrids and either and lock them away. I guess they n- never really say what they do with them. But I'm guessing if like oh, like if you're getting chased down by like ICE or the FBI, or, you're yeah. obviously gonna go to jail yeah. just for existing. <laughs> and so I was just all like, okay, uh, that's shitty of them. Yeah. Um. um so you kind of uh, how you how it's framed. You're already made kind of to side with the antiheroes. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And I like, and I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed their characters. I like Jessica. The mm-hmm. fact that she, yes, is like, I did too. She, she's a straight A student, uh, yes. who like wants to like, wants to escape from under her parents. Uh, and she happens to know how to fly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She uh, works but, at a coffee shop. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She's like, the perfect kid. Yeah. She just happens to fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She just happens to fly. And she's not, she's not a bad person no. uh, from what we get. And she's just, you know, she's just out here flying. But because she is part of the 113, she's being hunted right. down. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know why. Yeah. Like, um, uh, yeah, she basically doesn't know why uh, this is being done to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, and she just wants to go home throughout the entirety. Of, yeah, that's what she keeps saying. I just want to go, go home, want to go home. And, and then they're yeah. telling her, you don't get it. You mm-hmm. can't ever go home. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you know, one of the uh, one of the things I loved about that part of the story is that um, they made it at a point to like strip her from her dignity, strip her from her identity mm-hmm. and label her and mm-hmm. brand her. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I almost felt like, you know, um, the holding camps yeah that, you know yeah. it just it just was like oh my god they got this they they it it doesn't even really tell you it it's more like a, an imagery that they had 
uh, with the artwork and I was like, oh my God, this is so powerful. Like the imagery was just really powerful. Mm-hmm. Even though it was a different artist, it was still, it it's was still, still really well executed. Yeah. I was like mm-hmm. really feeling for her. Like, I mean, there was a point, you know how we talk about like, uh, um, uh, being brutal against women or yeah. showing women, mm-hmm. they, they didn't have, have to show it. There was yes. like a, a, a mm-hmm. there was a kind of a, I, I don't know how to say it. It it, it was a from the way they drew her, yes, um, uh, yes. and like her facial reactions, yes, and just how she was she was reacting. You, we knew you could tell what that was she was happening. Yes. Yeah, we knew yeah. it was happening, and I appreciated that. Yes, well. I mean that mm-hmm. speaks to the skill of the, the artist and the writer yes. that um, that they don't have to show it in yeah such brutal fashion to convey what actually exactly. happened exactly mm-hmm. that's ex- you took the words right because <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what i needed to say it's like they conveyed uh yeah. what happened mm-hmm. i didn't need to read it i didn't need to see it mm-hmm. and just the expressions the, leading up to it i knew what happened to her yeah and yeah. um and that that speaks volumes yeah. about the artist about the writer mm-hmm yeah, and it, it was a I I liked issue one. So we get her story, and she uh, she's now in this facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has been um, uh, but, detained by Dark instead yeah. of Hit. Yes. Uh, and these two um, uh, organizations are opposed, are like on opposite ends of the mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm. spectrum, but they're still doing the same thing in that they're locking these right. kids because most I of feel them are like kids. One side mm-hmm. is like has a permanent uh, solution in mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other one is just a holding. Yeah. Like they seem to, they don't really know what they're going to be doing yeah. with these kids. They're just arresting them. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that's fucked up. Um, yeah, um, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing of it is, is like by issue uh, two, um, it's, it's, see, this is what I love about this writing. Not only does it give us like a good student like Jessica, but it mm-hmm. also gives us the other type of, the yes. other type of yeah. um, hybrid that is just, insane uh-huh. and i love that so much when oh, i oh yeah i you know what i'm sorry i love that character his, his <laughs> i believe his name was tommy and his his um uh, it seems that his power is, is to uh, cause pain yes, yes. He, he can manipulate, he manipulate the, the pain, pain sensors yeah uh-huh. yes. and he is uh and he's straight up like that shit crazy yeah. yeah yeah and i love it and it's like the guy with the glasses mm-hmm. so you don't never see his eyes and he looks like a little nerd and he's wimpy or whatever but like he, it's like that girl um in in twilight she's like pain and then all of a sudden oh i know who you're talking about <laughs> yeah. since, I, since i had watched i rewatched all the all the twilight movies jane yeah, yeah. jane it's 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 so unnerving because you see these you see them and they look like regular little wimpy kids yeah but they will fuck you up and <laughs> yeah. i love it i love it uh-huh. i'm all here for it i yeah. love that character and it scared me it yeah. actually when i was reading him and i was like wow very creepy vibe yes. yeah uh-huh and then in issue one we kind of meet the ensemble cast that later oh, yes. forms on mm-hmm. in issue two and it's jessica mm-hmm. um uh, and it's also the guy sorry. who is a uh, green fire He's green. Fi- it's green. Oh, it's green. <laughs> it's green. It's yeah. green fire. Yeah, yeah, it's green fire. Okay. And then so, the demon, uh-huh. the, the guy, the kid that turns into a demon that has impenetrable skin once he turns. Oh, sorry. The kid and, who, the kid who causes pain. His name is Timothy, and he's oh. subject number seventy-five. I love subject number seventy-five. <laughs> yeah, and, I love uh, you. 
I'm in your, I'm in your fan club. No, oh my God. Um, but <laughs> right. No, I mean, for the purpose of the story, I think he is amazing and I think he's going to wreak havoc and I love it already. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, and then there's the girl who uh, she bends the spectrum of light and can be invisible. She can blend. Uh, yeah, yes. she can. She can basically travel through light or blend into light and like hide 100 percent yes, that way. Most definitely. Uh, and she's she's really cool. I think her name is Lee, uh, and she's also but she's also like tech savvy too. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So she's she's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Jersey Devil, uh, and he's kind of he he's uh, he's called an enforcer, but he's it's also but he's also seems very smart for what he's doing because he oh, kind yeah. of helps engineer the breakout. Right, that exactly. Happens. It's uh the mm-hmm. girl who bends light and the guy who is the engineer who actually um I think they are the ones who help in the breakout. Mm-hmm. Uh, now unfortunately with the breakout you can't just break out one or two people. You have to break out the whole the all of them, the, yeah. The all of them and uh-huh. that's that's, <laughs> that's how that's, that's how, how we get Timothy uh out yeah. and about into the real world mm-hmm. and uh let me tell you it's scary as fuck. <laughs> okay. All right. So it's Ricky Wilder, uh aka Jersey Devil. Uh Jessica Prescott, uh, and she's the one who can form wings. Uh Margaret Lee, who's the one who can blend into the light spectrum, and Dominic Cuervo, who can turn into fire. Yeah, and Ricky Wilder, he's called Jersey Devil because he can turn into a demon with unbreakable skin. Right. Yeah, and so it's just it's like these powers are pretty cool. Yeah, as well, and they're and very um, they we don't I mean we maybe a few little um repeats, but all of them seem super unique. Yes. Yeah, For, like it, it's not mm-hmm. just a cheap play on something we've seen over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, you can make some uh, comparisons between her and, like, Archangel and X-Men. Mm-hmm. But they've done a really good job of kind of distinguishing her as well. Yeah, the Jersey um, Devil, I felt, was a little bit Etrigan, but he doesn't rhyme, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does not. Uh, not only that, it, I like how they describe him because um, uh, they give the repeated description. I love that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a little side a bubble where they describe who they are, their age, and their power. Mm-hmm. So Ricky, who's Jersey Devil, he's 17. He's an enforcer, rebel scum, goonie. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, I like that. Yeah, rebel <laughs> yeah. scum, goonie. Goonie and mutates into a demon with unbreakable skin. Margaret Lee, she, a.k.a. Wiz Ninja, she's also 17, a ninpo master, hacker, Wizard lover and ability to hide in the light spectrum. Right. Uh, Jessica Prescott is uh, aka Jess or Anne. She's 18, former student, mad crush on Bill Murray. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kinetic wing generation allowing speed and flight. Yeah. So not only that, she can be really fast, apparently. Mm -hmm. So that's how kind of like they make them like individuals, definitely. And I guess by limiting themselves to only 113, you can be a bit more unlike the X-Men who has like, oh, this person can like make their spit really hard or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Make their spit really hard. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a bit ingenious by kind of already giving themselves a limitation yeah. on how many of these they can have. They can be a bit more unique in their creations mm-hmm. of them. 
Uh, and then Dominic Cuervo, who's my favorite. He, like, when he was first introduced in issue one, uh, a.k.a. Dom, 19, former bully, punk, anger issues, fire form manipulation. Mm -hmm. So not only does he have, like, kind of, like, he turns, he gets engulfed in flames and you can, like, see his skeleton, yeah, very ghost yeah. rider, um, uh, he can also manipulate fire. So. And not only that, um, uh, I mean, there's cute little, um, uh, comic uh easter eggs in there so he uh one of the guys he has a a, a van that mm -hmm. is fully stocked sort of like a bug out bag but it's a mm -hmm. van yeah. <laughs> and um and uh he gets clothes like i guess uh donation places he like ravages them and then he puts it in his in his van and so uh the manipulator of fire. He has a shirt that says uh, "Misfits," but it's spelled wrong. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I think that has to do a lot with uh, okay, you you can't use this imagery. Yeah. Copyright in laws. Copyright laws. Uh, but it's so cute. He's like because he's a former bully he says i want to beat myself up <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like i want to beat myself up yeah. it's like it's super cute i mean there's a there it's it's scary it's mm -hmm. well written and there's comedy in it mm -hmm. so i mm -hmm. really love this book yeah it's really funny so like it starts off dark and it has a bit of like that hint of darkness yeah. in it but it's it's really fun and i really enjoyed it so it's like it's and i think it fits really well because none of these kids are superheroes yes right they're yeah. definitely right. they're definitely you they're can kind of see the anti-hero yeah. stuff in them because they're uh they're just they're just kids you're right yeah yeah and so then kids fuck up and mm -hmm. they, yeah. yeah i mean they're still trying to they're just trying to get out of this place i mean they mm -hmm. we don't even know where this is going mm -hmm. i mean obviously um they're good one of them is a former bully so he turned a new leaf yeah mm -hmm. so but then you have timothy who's just fucking scary as fuck <laughs> mm -hmm. so um so i mean uh there is a lot that can come out of this story in the next issues. And is this like a um, a six-issue series? or I'm not sure. I'm As not we sure. were talking, I was looking to see if I could find out more information about s issue four and the rest of the story. Um, each of them was um, um, crowdfunded. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if there is plans. I mean, I'm sure there is plans, but I'm not sure um, if there are plans for something soon. Um, it seems like um, it's a, a good uh, story that at the end of them all coming out, they'll probably do maybe another crowdfunding uh, for a trade paperback um, to do it all together in one mm -hmm. but i was looking for some information and i haven't i was trying to find out like when the new one's coming out or like if there's anything else um offered that we didn't read but i haven't found any information mm -hmm. um they have an instagram they have a facebook um there's some old indie go go um projects that they have up but they don't have a um i couldn't find a website anywhere Okay. Oh, interesting. And it in the back here, they don't really tell us like a place you can go to to uh, <laughs> to support us or like any of that either, which is bummer. But it's called Antihero One Thirteen, uh, done by Tragic Hero Press Comics, Tragic Hero Comics Publishing. Uh, and book one was called Chapter One was called Be Careful What You Wish For. And chapter two was called Runaways, which I think is very apt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because it has a very um, 
in the book club, we had talked about what is Marvel's greatest strength mm-hmm. and it's ensemble cast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think this is this has that really good feel to it yeah. as well because you you already have like a great cast of characters who have come together due to like a shitty situation and now they're gonna kind of go into like how are we gonna get out of this chapter two ends on a cliffhanger yeah and i really want to know how it ends because yes. it was a really good cliffhanger um, um like i am so here for this like uh you had me at hello i'm i'm, I'm ready I'm, <laughs> yeah I wanna, i'm ready like i want to know more i want to know more yeah and, and and big shout out to the writer i mean he has he has got me yeah. by the balls which i don't have balls <laughs> oh my god but <laughs> so on their facebook uh, tragic hero comics publishing is their facebook and um they do have an email there that is antihero113 at gmail.com mm-hmm. their instagram is tragic hero Hero Comics with an X. So um, Tragic Hero, C-O-M-I-X. And then um, Twitter is also Tragic Hero Comics with an X. Um, And the only website that is... um, in any of the social media um, directs you directly to their closed Indiegogo campaign. Mm. So I'm assuming that means that they don't have a website yet, but... Um, How old is it that they were using Indiegogo? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what is Indiegogo? Uh, oh, you never heard of Indiegogo? No. Yeah. <laughs> That's I funny. Like, I don't know. I was looking for a date, too, to see when that campaign closed, mm-hmm. but there was no... Uh, it just said close. There was no date mm-hmm. on it. So um, I'm not sure when it was actually crowdfunded, crowdfunded and then published. Oh, here we go. So established shipping date for sup- the superhero, the good Samaritan, the sidekick, the vigilante, the hero, the antihero. I don't know what all these are. Oh, those are the different levels. OK, mm-hmm. got it. So um Established shipping date was August 2019. 2019. So this is very very recent. Oh, okay. recent. Okay. Yes. Well, okay. it's great that there's And that uh, was for chapter 3. Oh, great. Oh, great, great. Okay, cool. Okay. So, so chapter 3. That we haven't read chapter 3. three right. We no. just read chapter 2. So, okay. so there we go. Chapter 3 was 2019 and uh, let's say that this has been going on like it usually takes about a year in between issues for crowdfunded stuff. Then this is about maybe three years worth it could have been longer or it could have been shorter Who yeah. knows? so i would give it about three years so this started off in 2016 mm-hmm. yeah around 2016 well they're not local i mm-hmm. see on all of the social media that they are um, from salinas which is oh. northern california yeah Wait, where i'm just kidding <laughs> i was about to say what i know that i i don't know how long grapes of wrath has been in the schools in the public school education system but i know i was made to read it yeah. so so um anything for so Salinas. we can't <laughs> so we can um we can do a interview with them and get all the the information, but it would probably have to be through phone since yeah. they're not yeah. local, local. But yeah. yes, we need to get all the information and know when we can get the next book and to know what the plans are and how many issues and episodes that they plan to have. Mm-hmm. And Are they um, going to be repeat artists? What's yeah. Going? yeah. <laughs> the, the, the important <laughs> stuff. <laughs> the important stuff. Yeah. Definitely need to know that. Yeah. So um, are you ready to give your review 
review or Abs- your, yeah, yeah, your review, your rating. There you My go. Rating. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna go tres conchas. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I'm grabbed. <laughs> I, I, need, I need to know more. I need the trade paperback. I need to read some kind of, some kind of. Uh, cliffhanger that that will make me want to get the second trade paperback mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready it's it's three conchas for me uh, a little disappointed uh, that it we had to adjust by for artists mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. every issue but overall the story is freaking solid mm-hmm. the characters i love them i even the little um behind the greater story was the one about the agents the sisters which we didn't oh. even touch on, but there, there's something there. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to know more. Were they sisters? I thought they were. Or were they best I, friends? I don't know. I um, didn't get that. No, yeah. I, I got the sense that they were sisters. She's mm. like, oh, my God. Like, eh, like I'm, you, you know. Anyway, there there's some, some rivalry there. Whether they're best friends or sisters, like, mm-hmm. I felt like there's a strong connection with uh-huh. them. And there's mm-hmm. definitely, they're one-upping each other. And I love it. I'm mm-hmm. here for it. So yeah, tres conchas <laughs> for that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm stuck between giving it two and two and a half. Mm-hmm. Simply because the the changing artist thing is is a little annoying, and jo- sometimes you gotta annoying. change artists because uh, people are doing other stuff yeah. or like some shit happens. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was it w- it was mildly annoying for me and as much as i did like issue number one the artwork for that one is probably my least favorite Mm -hmm. of them uh the issue number zero is my most favorite one but um um, issue number one and then issue number uh or chapter number two was uh it was pretty all right it's pretty decent uh i had some trouble with the flow of some of the panels mm-hmm. and some of the dialogue boxes as well. Like they weren't sure where okay, to put them. Uh, I mm-hmm. agree with that a hundred percent. There was, yes, about, mm-hmm. um, there was a couple of times where I misread out of uh, order mm-hmm. dialogue boxes and it was because of the placement was kind of weird. Yeah. It was odd. Yeah. Like they weren't quite sure where they would put them yeah. or like they didn't want to interrupt the flow of the art, but mm-hmm. sometimes you have to do that. Yeah. Like uh, just to put it in a place where it makes sense yeah. or where it flows better. Mm-hmm. Because so, one of the places where I kept getting confused is the there would be a dialogue box to the left and a dialogue box to the right, but the right one was higher mm-hmm. and you were meant to read the one that was higher first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I so, wouldn't. I read I read left to right every single time. I was like, wait, this doesn't make sense. And I had to yeah. go back. And so um, uh, some of the dialogue boxes and the text boxes were oddly placed. So I'm going to... The writing was very good, though. Yeah, it was, and yes. I, re- I, I genuinely didn't. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him, I'm gonna give him two conchas. Okay, and I'm gonna wait for issue number three <laughs> to change my mind. But it's, I, I 100 recommend it, especially if you like stuff like the X Men or if you enjoy Stranger Things uh-huh. or just like government conspiracy yeah. stuff. Uh, it's highly, highly recommended, and you, um, uh, and it's like there's a reason the X Men is such a big hit. Yeah, right, like, right, yeah. Kids with powers, like that's, yeah, that's cool. Right, um. Uh, so I'm going to give it two conchas, uh, and I cannot wait to read more. Okay, so this is Kristen, and I just want to remind everyone that our rating scale is actually one to three conchas. Three conchas being the most that we give a book because three conchas is the most that 
Jen's mom ever let her eat when she was eating <laughs> fondue. So, <laughs> I can relate to that. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the um, comparisons that we haven't made yet, even though we keep saying the word, is the runaways. And that's what yes. I kept yeah. thinking about when I was reading this. And I am a big fan of um, ensemble teen um, teens with superpowers um, and outcasts and all that kind of good storytelling stuff and yes mm-hmm. the storytelling is amazing I really enjoyed it the black and white thing which is not the fault of the artist or the writer it was just it happened to be how I received my copy to read it was um, I think a detriment and I really the fact that the writing was so well done and the story evolved in a way that it it made me want to go back to read it, it in, in so color. Naturally. Yeah. Yes. I do want to read this in yeah. color. Yeah. It says a lot about it and says enough to me to give it three conchas. Exactly. Yeah. Fair. Agreed. Fair. Agreed. So that is our book rating. Mm-hmm. So two three conchas and one two conchas yes. but but that's because we're anticipating issue three yeah we're, <laughs> we're anticipating issue three and i can be a little bit nitpicky so <laughs> everyone uh, knows jen yes um, <laughs> but i i did enjoy it yeah. and i would 100 percent like if i had known uh uh that they were this was being crowdfunded and stuff like that i would have yeah. pitched in for issue number three yeah so uh hit me about that issue number four though. <laughs> uh, hit us up yep and now it's time for On My Radar. And On My Radar, guys, is the DC Showcase. Not even... Oh. <laughs> yes. So Neil Gaiman's death is going to be on the DC Showcase for the Wonder Woman Bloodlines that is going to be re- <gasps> released on Blu-ray. So for those of you who don't know, oh my God. she's not... She doesn't mean the death of Neil Gaiman, but... <laughs> the, Neil Gaiman's character, character death. death. Yeah. One of the seven endless guys. Sorry. I feel and I feel that like you guys should life. know. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> God. Woman Crush Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be voiced by the gifted Jamie Chung. <gasps> yes. Oh, now, Jamie wait, Chung, is that the mother or the daughter? No, the, she's blink. Uh, wait mm-hmm. a minute. What are you talking about? Oh, the mother or the father? Forget it. I was thinking of Runaways, but you're talking gifted. <laughs> gifted. Sorry. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> she's blank from the gifted. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she was in Sucker Punch. She's Mulan in the Once Upon a Time uh, TV series. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And she was also uh, Miho in Sin City's Dame to Kill 4. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, which one of wh- one of my favorites, Miho, was fucking awesome. Uh-huh. I watched Once Upon a Time again just for Mulan. Mulan. And it was it was actually done really really well, and they were kind of like aiming for a lesbian love story between mm. her and Aurora, and I was just all like, "I'm here Hell, for that." Yes. <laughs> how did you How did you reach into my elementary school mind and pull that out? Genius, genius. That is super. And then once they cool. stopped, they stopped showing up. I was just like, oh, "I'm over the show again." <laughs> um, um, but yeah, oh my yeah. gosh, so she's voicing her? Yes, wow. she's going to be death. Wow, and I'm gay. All, <laughs> I mean, we all know the DC showcases are super awesome. We had Spectre, mm-hmm. we had um uh we had the one with Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did we have um Anyway, there are several showcases that are super awesome. They stem from 15 to 12 minutes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and part of uh, an attachment to like a um a, a bigger animated story like in, in this instance it's a 
um, the Wonder Woman Bloodlines storyline, which is like an hour and 20 minutes. But that's kind of like a bonus feature, the Disney, uh, the DC showcase. Uh, but yeah, even though they're like 15 to 12 minutes, they're really packed with information. And I'm just like, DC's really slain on the animated series stuff mm-hmm. and the animated movie stuff, all that. I mean, I think... Oh, DC cannot be beat. In in, the, uh, yeah. The, their animated stuff blows Marvel's animated stuff. Oh, absolutely. Out of the fucking park. Really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, what about Spider-Verse, but that's not even Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was... Uh, wow, wow. Which, is why, which is why I said it, because yeah. I kept that in mind. That's not Marvel. <laughs> that was fucking Sony, and they blew that out. Yeah. So, you know what? The animated, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> <laughs> the animated short is directed by Sam Liu. Uh, mm. He did Justice League versus The Fatal Five and is written by J.M. DeMatisse, who did oh. um, Batman Bad Blood. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. Um, also, uh, it's going to focus on death, of course. Uh, we've all read, Have we all read The High Cost of Living? Because that shit is the bomb. I don't think Kristen has. I have. Girl, you got to get on that shit. <laughs> uh-huh. Is that one of the books uh, in Sandman or what? Is no, that? no, this is a short story. Uh, I think it was like three or four issues. It was three. It was four issues. And oh, it was okay. a, a side series that uh, Neil Gaiman did, did, did for Oh, that. but in the Sandman universe. universe. Yeah, got of it. course. Okay. Yeah. Um, and um, what's it called? Uh Leonard Nam from Westworld, he's going to voice Vincent, who Vincent really? will be a, he's an artist uh, with unresolved in, inner demons, meeting a mysterious <laughs> girl who helps him come to terms with his unresolved inner demons and <laughs> creative legacy. And, and in the Sandman u- universe, that might actually be demons. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. Um, it's cool. It's so uh, he, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, so, yeah. Uh, w- um, the disc the, and an artist oh yeah and the disc will also include the cheetah ferocious archimy featurette so that's arch enemy featurette arch arch enemy arch enemy yes uh-huh. I'm sorry oh sorry arch- what did I say archimy well, whatever guys <laughs> I, can't, I can't talk English I drank this 11 point beer um, <laughs> uh, so it, there's gonna be a sneak peek to the red sun which <gasps> way yeah, I'm here for that. Yes. I, say, I don't care about Cheetah, but <laughs> I have forgotten about that till right now. Yes. When you send that to me, yes, yes. the Red Ooh. Sun guys. If you guys have not read it, you can actually go on YouTube and uh, type in Red Sun, and somebody actually uh, read it while they put like animated uh, the pictures in. Oh, really? So, um, if you have no time to read it, maybe you can just hmm. stream it while I don't know on hold which is what I do. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a great, great uh, kind of Elseworlds. Uh, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. Red Sun, guys, check it out. So yeah, the premise of Red Sun, for those of you that know yes. don't know, is simply what if... What if? <laughs> what if... <laughs> Uh, Superman as a baby being tossed out into space <laughs> from his parents. He made it sound like he was freaking yeeted from I know, Krypton I know, I know. to Earth. <laughs> what if he landed in USSR Russia yes. instead yeah. of Kansas, Kansas uh, yes. small ta- Smallville, Kansas, yeah. uh, USA? So and, and then and the it goes story from evolves from there. Yes, I, I mean if you guys saw Red Sparrow, that that kind of. You know, it just gives you kind of an insight. But yes, uh, Red Sun was magnificently written. Yes. And the ending just fucked my life. The ending was really good. It was amazing. Not not fucked my life, fucked my world. No, (laughs) wait, no. 
fucked my brain. What I don't is know. That? Is rocked it, your world? Rocked my world. There no. you go. Oh my God. Is it? Is it? Um, it you can get it on trade paperback anywhere. I, I, uh, I, I can't say enough things about it, but I mean, also said blew my mind. Blew my mind. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Mark Millar. That's right. Yes. I couldn't remember Mark who. Millar. Yeah, Mark yeah. Millar. I know yeah. a lot of people are not fans of Mark Millar. I really like Mark yeah, Millar. I Mark Millar he, is very hit or miss for me. Yeah. I like him. Mm-hmm. I like his, I like when he hits, he hits. Yeah. Yes. Like it's like really good. Well, he's the one that they bought uh, that Netflix, they, he sold his Millar yeah. world to Netflix and oh. then something happened or Hulu. I don't know. I think it was Netflix. I think and it was then Netflix. something happened and then there was a stop put to it or something. I don't know. But they were supposed to be developing a lot of his um, a lot of his works his works mm-hmm. into ind- uh, independent creations for Netflix mm. and then we just kind of there was like this big buzz about it and then it kind of just dropped off so I'm maybe not sure. they're all still in production maybe it's just like yeah. Not- yeah, like hasn't been. But I was all yet. about it. I but was yeah. very into it because I really like his stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of his recent Jupiter Circle and Jupiter's Legacy. I really like Jupiter's Legacy a lot. I did not like Reborn though. Um, I, I didn't read Reborn, but I did read Huck, and I really liked Huck. Oh, Huck was good. Mm-hmm. Yes, like I said, he's very hit or miss. Um, uh, and it's just it depends. But yeah, he's um, um he's good. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Sometimes he's bad, but he's mostly good. So that that <laughs> little uh, on my radar is full of all kinds of oh, little nuggets of, right? mm-hmm. of gold. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. And now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. So this is Kristen, and today I have something that's kind of... Um, really interesting and kind of hits upon um, some of the stuff that I used to do in my um, non-comic career before I worked in um, retail side of comics. But Juntos y Fuertes, this uh, episode is um, about a book that is going to be published by Boom Studios called Big Black, Stand at Attica. And it's a graphic novel biography of Frank, quote-unquote, Big Black Smith. And it's co-written with Jared Rainmuth. And the art is, I don't know how you say this name, but Amezian. It's like a very unique, like, uh, name that I'm not sure what the origin is, but sorry for messing up that name. Um, but it's due out in February 2020, and it's set in 1971 um, in the 1971 prison uprising at Attica. It's a oh. true story about the price of standing up to injustice in what remains one of the bloodiest civil rights confrontations in American history. And so the reason I said that it kind of touches upon what I used to do in my career, I used to work with girls involved in the juvenile justice system and being um, on the inside working with girls who were detained in um, juvenile halls and also in um, in detention centers um, that were like locked away from anywhere from six months at the least up to two years. Like mm. imagine being 12, 13, 14 years right. old and being sent away, um, away from your family, away from everything during the most important um, developmental. Developmental, yeah, developmental years of your life and being incarcerated. So um, this is, um, this really sparked my interest and it's adult prison, but still there are so many civil rights injustices for people 
who are in the criminal justice system, Mm -hmm. regardless of what their age is. And so it really sparked my interest. And Mm -hmm. um, Boom Studios is really hitting it out of the park with a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. So um, definitely something I thought would be um, good to put in this segment. And since it isn't due out until February 2020, um, we can't pre-order it yet but start going to your local comic Comic book book shop shop. yeah Mm -hmm. um around i would say january december maybe even december i would say november december yeah and start telling them that you're interested in ordering it so that they can pre-order it for you two to three months ahead of time and it will come in um obviously you can get it um, from many different sources online or other places, but for sure, if you can and you have a local comic shop in your area, support your local comic shop retailer and special order it from them. Absolutely. Okay, guys, it's time for saludos. Yay! This is one of my favorite, my, my one of my favorite segments. Actually, you know what? I'm lying. The whole podcast segment is my favorite. But um, the whole podcast segment, all the all the podcast segments us are awesome. Talking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just us being together. <laughs> um, so, saludos go out to Angry Asian Man. You can find them on the web at uh, angryasianman.com on Facebook at angryasianmanx. Uh, Twitter, Angry Asian Man. Instagram, Angry Asian Man. Well, I just should have said Twitter. Blah, blah, blah. I'm, no, I'm no good at this, guys. Um, anyway, um, he, they were um, actually responsible for the Asian American Comic Con. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. Where they had George Takei. Um, also, they have a podcast called um, They Call Us Bruce. Oh. Interesting. Yes. And it's... Uh, it's about a podcast about what's happening in Asian America unfiltered, which mm. I love. Yeah. They get oh. really nitty gritty. I love it. Um, they have about mm, 69 episodes out. Um, the latest one they had, uh, they have a lot of very, in- very interesting guests. One that I can't remember offhand was, uh, I think her name is Sharon and she's uh, Bruce Lee's daughter. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. they interviewed her um, and you can find their podcast on Apple, Apple podcast, Stitcher and Google Play. Um, uh, and one of his little synopsis, as he says, he says, I'm not as angry as you think. Yes, racism angers me, but I'm not here sitting in front of the computer hating Whitey or plotting revolution. <laughs> <laughs> this is a subject that has always interested me, pointing out racism and noting any and all appearances of the Asians in mass media and popular culture, the good and the bad. That's what I'm saying. They're like really nitty gritty. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they talk about it all. I mean, they don't just focus on the positive stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's something I care about. So I've created a little space on the web for it all. I suppose the angry part sometimes scares people, but rest assured, I'm pretty civil, reasonable guy. Just don't cross me. <laughs> I love it. I mean, they, oh my gosh, they're so amazing. Um, they actually recorded, uh, they record live um, when they go on location. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they also record in studio. It's quite amazing. Again, you guys should definitely follow them. Um, follow them on Facebook too. They have all all inclusive things that are happening in Asian American culture. So that's a, again, Angry Asian Man. It's hard to miss because it's such a cool name, <laughs> Asian Man. So very yeah, memorable. Yeah, definitely memorable. So those saludos goes out to angryasianman.com. All right, guys, that comes. This is the end of our episode 
<laughs> uh, where can they find us, guys? You can find us on... Where can you find us? On Instagram <laughs> at Comadres y Comics. And on Twitter at Comic Comadres, where you can DM, uh, DM us as well. Uh, we have an Instagram. Yes. Comic Comadres or no. Comadres y Comics? <laughs> I just said we had an Instagram at Comadres y Comics. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Seriously. Oh, Lord. Uh, well, we have a Snapchat, uh, Comadres y Comics, which we try to update with all the stuff we're currently doing, like events conventions um, all that cool stuff and also you can email us directly at comadresycomics at gmail.com yes. so this is we have been your host I'm Sarah I'm Kristen and I'm Jen bye guys bye, bye.